Welcome back, kids, to the Connected Dots Bitch Podcast. I am your host, Amy Fiedler, Certified Holistic Life Coach, Certified Trauma Support Specialist, Reiki Master Practitioner, three-time published author, Jersey Girl, and your favorite bitch. I'll tell you what, I, I tried to do that little intro and bleep out the bitch part and go beep, but uh, my voice is extra raspy today. I should be a sex phone operator. I am not a sex phone operator. So I had to like nix the whole bleeping out part and and just go straight for the jugular with the bitch. I've never been someone who enjoys listening to an overproduced podcast, TV show, YouTube channel. Like when I first started my YouTube channel, which by the way, I have a YouTube channel. It is so old. The, the stuff on there is so old. I probably look completely different. But when you make a YouTube channel, what what they encourage you to do is create like an intro and an outro to your videos. It's got a little jam, right? A little jammy jam introducing you and what you do. And it's short enough, but... I find it annoying. Like if I want to click on a video, I don't want to watch the whole intro every time. Same like when I watch TV, I have the Law & Order intro song memorized, but do I need you to play it every single time I'm watching an episode, especially when I'm watching like a full-on marathon? No, I don't. I know what the fuck I'm watching. It's great for like branding purposes. Like every night before bed, I watch Friends. I've seen Friends a million times. I think I've seen every episode of Friends. I have most of them memorized. I know the song. Most of you know the song, right? And and it's great for branding because it sticks. I was actually having a conversation with my friend, a seven and a half. Those who who follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you know, I, I, I posted this. I had a seven and a half hour conversation. Record breaking. Record break. I have never been on the phone for seven and a half hours. Usually I cap out at like five. Uh, seven and a half hour phone conversation. Only two pee breaks. And yes, I did tweet. I was a wee bit concerned about that because it made me realize I was not hydrating enough funny how my dark colored urine and my bladder spasms were not indicators of my dehydration status, but a seven and a half hour conversation with only two pee breaks was the was the very clear gauge that I needed to jolt myself back into drinking more water. You know, some people need to buy those those fancy jugs that have the lines that have like inspirational messages on it. You're go girl, you're almost there. Halfway to your goal, right? Like on the water bottle. No, 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 no. Not this girl. Amy, Amy just needs seven and a half hours to really have the full picture painted in front of her. Oh, I only needed to mute you on the phone twice while I peed. So in our seven and a half hours together on the phone, we started talking about branding. And she was saying how, you know, 
people are attracted to things that make them feel like they're part of a like an inside joke or an inside club. And and that really resonated with me. I'm like, huh, because obviously I run a business. I'm I, I've got a brand of my own, and I really like the psychology of those things. I like to really understand what's going on and why people do what they do, why people buy the way they buy, why, why they're attracted to the things they are. So we were also talking about uh, how we both cannot stand when people really, they take, they take serious topics and they create like a branding that has a sense of mockery around it. And you'll know what I'm talking about when I start to give you examples of it, okay? Because you're either going to love these things or you're going to hate these things. They do it with parenting. They do it with therapy a lot. Uh, you know, like being a mom and stuff, they'll do it with. They they take quotes where it's a serious matter that <laughs> you you share honestly and transparently in a therapy session. But you'll see those memes online, right? where they're like, I can't tell my therapist this kind of thing. And there's so many companies and brands out there that will then make merchandise off of quotes like that, where people are like, that resonates with me. I have an issue with it, and my friend has an issue with it, because we're like, no, that's a, that's a serious matter. Like, that's not even funny. We get how you can make it funny, but it's not funny enough where you want to plaster it on a t-shirt and be walking around saying, like, I'm hiding shit from my therapist. That speaks to a deeper issue. Like, I just paused for a second to pull up my Instagram because I know the exact accounts I'm thinking of that I have scrolled past. And I just, the first one I pulled up said, it's not me, it's Mercury Retrograde. And that was actually another conversation her and I were having as well. Stop blaming shit on the planets. We know... That the, the, the universe and the energies and the planets and the sun and the moon and da, da 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 your star signs, whatever, we know they have an impact, but you also have free will and, and your own choice. And does Mercury retrograde impact things in your life? Yes. Do I think you should project and, and blame every problem on how the planets are that day or what astrological sign you were born under? Absolutely not. Stop doing that. There are, I'm a Scorpio, right? There are evolved Scorpios. There are unevolved Scorpios. So like, are we going to look and act significantly different? Yes. Have I been one and then the other? Yeah, I have because I'm a human. And at some point I went from immature to mature. It's just like some of these things I find to be irritating because people will live. Like when it's just a joke, fine. But people will live. There are people that that have the mentality of, hmm, this is all Mercury retrograde's fault. None of it is my responsibility. And it's kind of like, no, sweetheart. Uh, it might be bringing some things into your awareness when the planet shifts like this during Mercury retrograde. More things are coming to your awareness for you to look at, but you have to take action to make changes in your life. Not just sit around and wait for the for the stars to align differently for all of your problems to go away. 
And we we were also off of that topic talking about how we've both once been in a place where that type of thinking can really fuck you up and keep you stuck in life. We we both were in a place once where we would walk around being like just give me a sign, universe, send me a send me a feather, send me a butterfly. And then you see a feather or a butterfly and you're like Oh, oh my God, I'm getting my wish. I'm getting my dream. Everything's working out for me. And it's just like, stop, stop. At some point, we all have to take responsibility for our lives. And I think that, you know, you can you can sway too far in one direction with a lot of these teachings and beliefs. You can do the same when it comes to religion as well. As I have written in my first book, 365 Little Blasts of Love, in like the intro, when I was growing up, my relationship with God was very much very similar to me walking around going, send me a feather if this is going to happen in my life. I would lay in bed and pray to God and be like, uh, please pick me. Please make the boy like me. Please let this happen to me. And then when it didn't happen, <laughs> when it didn't happen, I then used it as a reminder that I was unworthy and not good enough and God didn't even love me. Like these misunderstandings, these misteachings of of spiritual principles, of religious principles, they can really keep you stuck in life. They can really hinder you from, from holding yourself accountable and taking action. And taking action is a big component of making change and and getting things accomplished. And so if you're somebody, just for shits, I got to inject a little life lesson in here. If you're somebody who's sitting around going, well, the stars were like this. And on this day, at this time, they're going to align this way. And this is when I'm going to meet the love of my life. Um, Possibly. But you can't be sitting in your living room and never leaving your house and hoping and crossing your fingers and praying to whomever you pray to that you're going to get a knock on the door that day and suddenly Prince Charming appears. That is not how life works. It's fascinating. If your belief system is one of like, I am powerless, (laughs) your behavior will follow suit. If your belief is I'm not good enough, that is the filter you're looking out into the world through. And therefore, that will be the conclusion you draw from everything. It will just perpetuate those beliefs round and round and round and round you go. I talked about this somewhere recently, and I don't remember what platform. And that is really the predicament I'm having lately is there's too many platforms. There's too many social media options that I'm posting on and I'm posting different information on. And I can't personally keep track. I'm also somebody who posts in real time. The majority of people you follow are not necessarily doing that. Some of them are, yes. Most of them are scheduling it in advance, like six to eight weeks or more in advance. And then they repeat old posts. Uh, I'm not doing that (laughs) content machine over here. I am tweeting things in real time and thinking about things in real time. And again, there are other people out there. By the way, I need to stop doing that right there. Stop that, Amy. 
I will toot my own horn and then I will kind of like lessen it by by reminding you that I'm not better than everyone else. I'm not. Me confidently stating what I do is not equivalent to me saying I'm better than everyone else. But I used to get backlash that way. So it's the self-protective kind of thing. Isn't it fun when I say things and then I psychoanalyze myself and and then I'm really seen and now I'm really vulnerable? Casual subject change now. Uh, so I told you that I would share a little bit about what happened. Cheryl, my mother, broke her arm. Um, and by the way, is having surgery today to get it pinned back together. So prayers and and good thoughts and, and whatnot, whatever you practice personally, are more than welcome in this direction. Uh, she fell in the driveway. It's been snowing nonstop here in Jersey. Uh, she fell on the ice. But here's how this went down because... It's funny and we make it funny in my family because at this point, it's just like, what else are you going to do? You know, my parents are in their late 60s, approaching their early 70s, and I'm at the age at 36 where, you know, and I think a lot of you can probably resonate with this, I would think, that I'm at that place in my life where my parents are, are older now. And although I'm with, I see them all the time, I visit them all the time, like a couple times a week, you know, it's starting to show. And when it starts to show, you kind of take on a little more responsibility if if you're in your family's life and maybe if you value it that right, right? Like not everybody has their family around them or nearby them. And maybe you just don't feel like it's your problem to each their own. See, I'm doing that thing again. I, I'm going to stop now. I swear. Okay. <laughs> My father fell in the driveway first. This is how it went down. He apparently was wheeling the trash can down and fell on the ice. And, and But he was holding onto the trash can, so he was pretty okay. My mom glanced out the window and saw that he was down. So she came running out. But by the time she got out there, he had pulled himself up and was brushed off. She stepped on what looked like powder, which had like ice underneath. She went down. She went down and literally broke her arm. Uh, and <laughs> so the, the doctor was like, well, it's a bad break. Like, and it's a big break and you need to get it pinned back together. So that's happening today. Meanwhile, now Cheryl being a medical professional is the worst patient. I don't know if any of you have medical professionals in your family, but medical professionals of any kind are the worst patients. They are used to being in control. So they don't like anybody paying attention to them that way, taking care of them, or telling them what they need to do because they know more than you. So there's a certain way that you kind of have to approach them when they're injured or they're sick. And I am getting real-time practice in this at the moment. My, I don't live with my parents. I live about 35 minutes away from them. Uh, I have a weird kind of warped sense of time. So 35 minutes driving for me literally feels like 15, 10, 15. It doesn't feel like a big deal. I enjoy driving. 
Uh, to other people, it's a pretty far distance. For me, I'm like, mm, I'm just going to hop in the car on a random Thursday and, and shoot on over there and see what's up. So that is what I do. I have come to learn with my mother, number one, cannot announce that I'm visiting in advance. She gets way too excited and I can't take it. She's overwhelmed with glee and then overwhelms me when I walk through the door. So what I do is I drive all the way there. That's right. Daring move. Drive all the way there. And when I'm turning on their road, I shoot a phone call her way and I say, hey, unlock the front door. (laughs) So I've been checking in because she's in, like her arm is kind of like splinted right now and in a sling. And I went there yesterday, okay? I had all my clients, and then it was early evening. I hopped in the car, and I'm thinking, I'm taking a fucking shot in the dark here. Bad weather is coming in the next few hours. I just want to go check because she has surgery today, and I wanted to see her. I drive all the way there, y'all. I'm turning on their road. I put in my phone call like I always do. She don't answer. This woman is DMing me, responding to my Instagram stories all the time, but she don't answer a phone call. So now I'm like, okay, so I try the house phone. Because if I hit the house phone, that, that sucker pops up on the TV screen when it rings for them. So I know they're not going to miss it if they're just like sitting in the room watching TV. Nobody answered the house phone. So I dial her cell phone again. She don't answer the cell phone. Of course... I am now concerned. Would we all agree that would bring a little bit of concern, especially when you know they're older now and she's in a freaking sling. I don't know what's going on over there. Mo and Larry got to get their shit together. I get to their house. I have to get in through their garage, let myself in the house, walk through the house to where they're sitting on the couch watching TV and I just stood behind the couch staring at them talking. They didn't even know I was there. That's alarming. They didn't even know I was there. And then all of a sudden, my mom catches a glimpse out of the side of her eye, and she looks at me. She goes, oh my god, hi. And I come around, and I go, why is nobody answering the phone? I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you two okay? I, you're watching the TV screen, so I know damn well the phone rang and popped up. You didn't pick up? Where's your cell phone? You didn't pick up? Like, as a child of older parents, this is scary shit. You never know what you're going to walk into as they start to get older. And then it's frustrating. You're like, dude, y'all used to get so pissed off if I didn't answer you immediately or text you when I get home. And here I am calling you, calling you, calling you, calling you. You're walking around with a sling. Y'all are like falling on top of each other on an icy driveway, but no one can pick up the phone when we're checking on you. But you're you're invested heavily in my Instagram stories about Girl Scout cookies. It's true what they say. Life is full circle, right? You go from being a child to then becoming an adult to as you get older, you become childlike again. They all, they become forgetful, they become negligent, they are just dismissive, they think it's funny. I'm like, but y'all give me a hard time if I don't text you when I drive 35 minutes home. I mean, I'm not the one falling and breaking bones on ice, knock on wood. I 
don't understand. It's almost like as you get older, I'm 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 assuming you're <laughs> that common sense part of the brain starts to disintegrate a little bit. I get a lot of comments specifically from like clients of mine in session where they're like, everything's always great with you. Everything's always going well. Like you never seem to be bothered or phased when you're sick. You still seem to be working and in a good mood when bad things are happening. You're still active and talking through them. And the reality is I am because what's the alternative? The alternative with my parents getting older has always been I could get angry. I could try to control situations more. It's only going to frustrate me. And I used to try to do that. I, I, I did. I'm being honest with you. But it didn't get me anywhere. It got me a lot of pushback on their end because they would look at me and they're like, we are capable. Even if in my eyes I viewed certain things as them being not capable, right, they feel they're capable. And this was a real big turning point for me not too long ago, actually. I was talking to B about it, and um, her parents had passed away when, when she was, like, younger. So she was a good person for me to kind of turn to about this. Both my parents, um, they I live the closest to them. I, I have two siblings, but they're further away, and so... It seems as if you get older, the responsibility tends to fall on the one. Whether anybody's placing it there or or not, it tends to fall on the one that's closest. I watched it when my mother's mom was still alive. My my mom lived the closest and she was down there the most. Um, and I was always down there too, visiting grandma. And, and now it's me going to my parents' house. And here's the thing. You can't, as much as you want to, think you know more than your parents or other people, especially in their age, especially the way you're perceiving. Like, let's just put it in a general sense. The way you're perceiving anyone is your perception. It's not their self-perception. Their self-perception may be drastically different. My parents look at themselves as still being capable of managing a very large house and a large property, and I am worried and look at it more like, I think it would be better to downsize and not have a giant yard to have to maintain and cut the grass in and have so many flights of stairs to climb in your house, especially at this age, especially when I have been privy to you falling down flights of stairs, falling in the driveway, like getting injured, needing surgeries and whatnot. And so, of course, my my filter is that way, and I look for evidence to support those beliefs. But their filter is different, and they're going to look for evidence to support their own beliefs. So the tough lesson that I personally had to learn here was that I have to respect how they view themselves and find a way to manage my feelings because me trying to control them and tell them what is right and wrong when they feel and and act, they are. They are very capable. They act capable. There's just certain things as they're starting to get older. I'm like, mm, you're a little wobbly on your feet. As we can see, you fell in the driveway. That's not a fun thing to experience when somebody then is older and breaks a bone. Uh, you, I had to realize that 
Me trying to control them was me trying to control my own emotions and my own feelings about it, my own discomfort about it. And that's really what it is in a bigger sense in any area of your life. It doesn't have to do with parents getting older in that context. Any area of life that you're feeling out of control with is inside of you. That's going inside of you. And our first kind of instinct is to want to reach outside of ourselves and control the person, the conversation, the situation, and, and, and manipulate it would be the best word. Manipulate it into what is going to soothe us. And I can get, because I've done it, I get how that seems like the easier route. Fix it out there. But truly, it's not. The easier route is fix it inside. It's, it, it's easier. It's just more uncomfortable. So yeah, when, when, when you get to that point where you realize you can't control and you don't want to control and you just mind your own business and kind of work within the parameters that are set for you, then you can make light of things and you can make jokes and you can move through them a lot quicker because you're not trying to control things that are beyond you anymore. Like I had to just accept like my parents are responsible for themselves and until they turn to me and they say, we need your help, I will do what I do within my comfort zone and their comfort zone and be supportive of their decisions whether I agree with them or not. But not try to inject my agenda onto them because that creates a lot of tension in those relationships. And then, and then it's not fun. It's not fun for us to talk. It's not fun for us to be around each other. So it's a lot easier when I go there and I make jokes. And I'm like, yo, dumb and dumber, what the hell are we doing today? <laughs> where's your sling? Why did you take it off your arm? I was taking down a Christmas tree with one arm. Good job, Cheryl. Let's put the sling back on now, right? Like we just, we make it fun and we make it light until, until there's a moment where they come to a recognition of their own within their own time and they look at me and they go, I need help, right? I mean, the only thing I, I did do recently because I felt like it was smart and I knew they were going to tell me no, no matter what, but I knew it was smart and it, it worked out that I was right, was you, you slipped on ice in the driveway and your snowblower just broke. So I'm going to take myself to Lowe's, uh, a store I've only been in once in my life. I'm usually a Home Depot girl. I went to Lowe's and I got a bag of ice melt. Now, if you've ever gone shopping for like, you know, the, the salt that melts the ice in the driveway, there's different brands. This was ice melt. Uh, they don't, they don't put it in a, they put it right at the doorway when you walk in and they put it right at the doorway when you leave. Now, I don't really get that until my friend explained to me, well, they put it at the doorway when you leave because a lot of people tend to forget they need it. So it's a reminder on their way out and then they got to kind of walk back in. I think that's stupid, but again, to each their own. They put it at the doorway when you walk in, and I literally stood there. There was only one option, one brand, one option. I'm new to Lowe's and this experience, so I am standing there, and thank God there's a mask on my face because I'm having a full-fledged conversation with myself. 
I am legitimately looking around the store confused going, is this all there is? Is there an aisle of, of bags of salt? There's only one brand. I find it weird that there's only one brand that makes this stuff and that Lowe's only carries one brand of it. And, and there's only one option. There's only a 40 pound bag. There's not like a 20 pound bag for little girls like me. I don't need to get a shopping cart for one bag of ice. I can man, I can carry a lot more than 40 pounds, but it's an awkward bag to carry. So I picked this sucker up and now I'm walking and I've got to wait in line. I got to wait in line holding an awkward bag. So I'm struggling. You can envision this, okay? I'm like lifting my legs up to try to balance it. And then I step up to the register and there's the plexiglass thing, right? Right in front of them with the little slit at the bottom. And here's Amy. Amy just like leans in dramatically and drops the bag into the little slot and looks at the woman. I'm an inch, an inch from the plexiglass, like looking exhausted. And I look at the woman and I go, it's heavy, (laughs) And she (laughs) did not find any humor in that. And I'll tell you what, at Home Depot, they would have laughed. Not so friendly at Lowe's, it turns out. But I I paid for my bag and I waddled my way to the car holding that awkward sucker. Got it to my parents' house, put it in their garage, went inside and announced, because I was super fucking excited. I was like, this is a brilliant idea, but I already know it's not going to land well. I said, hey. I know you didn't ask for it. I know you don't really want it. (laughs) Red flags at the start. But I know that we're getting a ton of snow and ice, and I thought this might help you. So I put the bag in the garage. You can use it or not use it. Do what you please with it. At least you have it. And they both looked at me unamused, and they were like, oh, thanks. And I was expecting, I was, I'm human, I was expecting a little bit more of a thank you out of that. Well, cut to about an hour later, I'm asking my dad to help me put air in my tires in the driveway. And there's a patch of ice. And as he went to bend down, he slipped on it. And he didn't fall or anything. I was there to kind of help him. But once we got done, I looked him dead in the eye because now he just had another experience. I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, you want to put some salt on that? (laughs) (laughs) he goes yeah yeah let's that sounds like a good idea let's do that and I was like that's a win that's a win for me relationships are just so fascinating because whether it's a parent-child relationship a sibling relationship a friendship a romantic relationship or any other type of dynamic in your life at the end of the day there is one common theme and that's that What other people are thinking about you has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's all their filter. It's all their beliefs going on in their head that we all, all of us, every single one of us project out onto our experiences, our conversations, and our relationships. That is, that is such a simple concept to understand, but such a complicated concept to really implement and remember when you're standing in front of people, right? Like I used to take my dad's, um, you know, his his facial expressions and his tone of voice to heart. I, and and I can't blame myself for that. I was, I, I am, I, I still am, no matter what age I am, I'm still his child. When I was younger and, and a, an actual child, there's not a shot in hell 
that I had the wisdom and life experience yet to be able to realize that what he's saying and doing has nothing to do with me. Because as a child, for me growing up, even when I knew I didn't do something or I didn't say something and I was maybe accused of it or yelled at or blamed, right, by dysregulated individuals, you eventually believe them over you. Maybe because you had to. Maybe because you just didn't know another way. But it starts to make you feel a little bit cray-cray, right? Because you're like, I really, I didn't say anything mean, but they're telling me something I said was mean. This is why this is such an important teaching, though, because when you have two adults that become parents that are dysregulated individuals, dysregulated meaning they're not managing their own emotions, they're reactive to situations outside of them, and then they're blaming their emotional state and their behavior patterns on those things outside of them. They're never holding themselves accountable. They're never balancing and regulating their emotions. And therefore, they're just in reactivity all the time. So that's what dysregulated means. When you have two dysregulated individuals who then birth a baby or more than one baby and they start raising that baby, they're not going to act different with that child than they act with everybody else in their life. I know so many many people think, oh, well, when the baby comes, so-and-so will be different. It'll be different. It'll be different. No, it'll be worse. It's only going to bring those patterns more into your awareness, and it's going to heighten your reactions if you're still stuck in that pattern. And that's sad. It's more common than you think, right? But then what happens is like if, if I was a child that experienced that, which I did, and then I become an adult, now I'm walking around as an adult constantly having to work through the fact that I'm not responsible for other people's thoughts and feelings and behaviors, right? And that's what a lot of you struggle with, right? You like that? You! <laughs> Raspy, guys. I've got a sinus thing forever here. Uh bionic nose. Um, it's, it's what so many people struggle with, those personal boundaries. Those, and that's what they are. Those personal boundaries are mental, emotional. They're unseen boundaries where you recognize and you are mindful of the fact that you are not responsible for other people and how they think and how they feel which is distinctly different, and I have to say this for those who are like, yeah, but, yeah, but, distinctly different than caring about other people and being empathetic or compassionate. I can care about all of you who come and DM me or message me or work with me, but I don't take your stuff on and carry it with me all the time thinking it's my responsibility to fix it for you. It's my responsibility in, let's say, a one-on-one session to support you, right? To provide you an environment where you feel supported and safe and heard and validated and provide you insight and clarity and, and guidance and wisdom into yourself and your life so you can conclude what you need to do for you, right? It needs to click for you. I can plant seeds all the live long day. I can tell you directly, do this. That's not beneficial though, which is why I'm a strong proponent against it. To tell you this is how you handle that situation in your life is really causing you more harm. Anybody doing that for you, any 
coach, therapist, whatever out there saying, this is how you handle this situation and just telling you what to do, they're telling you from their perspective. So they're telling you what they would do. And they're, and, and if they're, if they're, if they're not informing you that this is what I would do and you need to figure out what's right for you, if they're not giving you that little bit of info and they're just telling you, do this, that's actually hindering you and enabling you from, from recognizing your own pattern in that situation and reaching the conclusion yourself on what's going to be right moving forward. So that is why to all of you, who are like, how do I get my husband to start seeing this differently or doing this differently or my friend or my parents or my sibling or whoever it is, how do I get them to change? You don't. You embody a healthy example in your own life. You, you, you know, practice healthy communication. You practice healthy boundary setting. But telling anybody they need to change, telling anybody to do something differently is you trying to control them so you can feel better in your interactions with them. You have to find ways to feel good in spite of their behavior. And if and when they recognize they want to do something differently, they will start to do it. But you have no control over them. You have all control over yourself, how you filter and perceive them, and how you interact. Again, like I said with my parents, how I interact within the parameters of what I know they're, they're willing to do and what they're resistant to. I cannot control them. I've tried. Trust me. You cannot control other people. But what you can do is respect them and give them that freedom and that free will, and it actually creates space for them to come to you, learn from you, ask you questions, ask you for help when they need it to. That's it, y'all. Stay tuned. I'll see you soon.